There are all different sizes of businesses. Big business, small business, that awkward growing phase business, the running this thing from my garage business, and the OMG we can't hire fast enough business. Wherever you are in your business journey, HubSpot's powerful but easy-to-use CRM platform grows with you. It lets all of your teams work together seamlessly, whether that's just you and your roommate or colleagues across multiple time zones. Grow better with HubSpot by connecting your people, your customers, and your business. Learn more at HubSpot.com. Three, two, one. Never has there been a better time to be alive in human history. If you're not feeling it, you must discover why. Join Matthew Bolton in developing and applying a framework of objective optimism toward a flourishing life of meaning, health, and happiness. Here's your host, Matthew Bolton. Hello, everybody. How's it going? Welcome to Mr. Brightside. I'm Matthew Bolton. So today's show is called Kobe, Kobe Reactions, and an Optimistic View of Death. So if that sounds a bit like a contradiction, what do you mean? A hopeful view of death? A positive view of death? How does you have such a thing? No, no, no. I mean more of an objective view of death because uh, uh, on the show, Mr. Brightside, um, optimism here refers to what I call objective optimism. And if you want to know more about what that means, you can uh, always, I always refer you people to my essay online, What is Objective Optimism, uh, including some revised excerpts of that uh, to present it. And also the episodes uh, two, three, four of this podcast uh, present that in a three-part series. Um, so we'll look at that later, what that means. Uh, now, this show is recorded uh, over a couple weeks after the tragedy involving Kobe Bryant. And uh, so this is not just one of those kind of immediate reaction shows where I kind of share what I'm feeling right at this moment, um, which was a lot of things. Um, but I do want to comment on Kobe in general, on some of the reactions I got from commentators and uh, people that, that he knew and, uh, and people on general and social media, some of that stuff, and um, just thinking about the whole context of the situation. So obviously, I've thought of a lot of things over a couple of weeks about this, especially from the beginning to, to now. It's a lot of various things, but I'm going to narrow it down to kind of four main points. The first point has to do with metaphysics and and that means one's view of in relationship to reality. And I think that this event for a lot of people who hold a pessimistic view of life might see this tragedy as a confirmation of their own metaphysical worldview, which kind of views um, catastrophe as the norm, right? They might say, well, this event just, of course, see, this this proves that my, my kind of fears and, and apprehension about the world are founded uh, in you know, and they're validated by this case. And I'm saying it's quite the opposite. I'm saying from an objectivist, objective optimist uh, viewpoint, this actually proves that catastrophe and calamity are the exception, not the rule. This event was a tragedy. This event is was unbelievable, to, unbelievable to many people. Uh, they a lot of people report getting the first news of it and thinking it was a joke, some kind of hoax. Right? These things don't happen. They thought. And then later they had to go and find other sources before they actually believed it. Because it is an exception. It is a horrible accident that this happened, not something that, well, this is just what's normal. For most people, we expect to live long lives and to live good lives. And these kind of things are tragic accidents. And certainly we, everybody expected Kobe Bryant to live a long time and, and die an old man. So an optimist 
doesn't say that bad things don't happen. That's not the metaphysical view. It's just that they are very exceptional. So that's kind of point one. So two, I want to look at Kobe. Uh, when I think about my framework of objective optimism, uh, I kind of think thought right away that, geez, Kobe Bryant is an example. He's a role model of what it what it what a successful or thriving or flourishing life can look like. Um, obviously, his is extremely exceptional, but um, but in any case, he was. And I, I've actually I had actually started uh, watching a lot of Kobe videos in the last year. It's someone I, I didn't really follow him much uh, throughout his playing career and all that. It wasn't a big. I was a '90s guy in the Jordan, with Jordan and the Bulls in the '90s. And then, you know, I had other things going on and I'm, I'm a hockey guy, so I don't pay much attention to basketball, but I was obviously aware of Kobe Bryant. But in the past year, I found myself just looking at old Kobe highlights and stuff like that on YouTube and and then a, then a couple interviews of him um, in, in other contexts, certainly a business context and his future context and other things. And I just was quite impressed with the guy. Um, and then, of course, this event uh hit me even more because of that. Um, but anyway, I, I looked at my uh, comparative table in on my website, in my essay, and in a, in a revised excerpt. I have created a table, a comparative table between objective optimism, pessimism, and what I call subjective optimism. And then on a various range of categories like metaphysics, epistemology, ethics, and then focus, attitude toward other people, practical and emotional results, and among others, um, I kind of list, categorize what it means as a kind of a full package to be an objective optimist versus a pessimist versus a subjective optimist. And I thought I better refer to this table um, and then kind of highlight for myself which Kobe best represents. And I found myself going through and I almost had to highlight the whole checklist because this guy was just um, an out and out uh, optimist. He's living an optimal life, in my view. So, um, I'll just highlight a few of them and, and go through and say um, in what way he exemplified this trait. And the first um, in metaphysics, I have reality, reality oriented, so outward oriented, objective versus subjective or inward oriented. And he certainly was reality oriented. He he never he didn't look within himself to think like, do I have some kind of innate talent or am I am I do I have what it takes to be whatever he just shot a thousand shots before practice started right and and among another uh, many other uh, amazing things that people talk about that he did all the time in the way of training and you know freak training um he, as far as epistemology, meaning his mental method, right? He was certainly um, and and, and uh, focused on the present and the future. I have a present and future focus versus a present and past focus for pessimists and subjective optimists. Um, he didn't live in the past, right? He was completely focused on what he could do today to affect his future. He also looked to the future about what's my next challenge, and also today, what can I do to take a step toward that? And he, he didn't sit back and go, you know, he could have easily like go back and go a couple championships. He wanted three. He wanted four. He wanted five. He can look back and say, look, how, look at all the good things I did already. He didn't do any of that. And in fact, to even look at um, his most recent um, interviews and his and his 
anything to do with uh, and his re- projects he's looking forward to. He's really focused on how he can be a better family man, how can and plus some business ventures, which I don't know all the details of, but certainly he was really looking forward to all of that stuff. And in fact, I've heard him say something like, if if his future ventures are not more successful than his playing career, he'll consider that a failure. And that's just amazing, right? So he's certainly not resting on his laurels or living in the past in any way. Present and future focus, this guy. And as far as ethics, meaning his goal of life or his guide to action, right? This is what we call that. Uh, it's, got, it's got here, I have gaining values slash flourishing versus not losing values or focus on survival or security, Right. So he's certainly a guy who's not, you know, risk averse. He is willing to take on the responsibility, which is another uh, point here uh, I'll name. And he's interested in gaining values. He's interested in putting himself out there and taking the shot or being taking on taking the responsibility on his shoulders to gain the win, gain values, gain um, his own, you know, uh, mastery or whatever whatever the issue is and you know he's not scared of just losing what he has already um the other ones in this are progress purpose control responsibility deliberate proactive self-esteem all of these in the ethics category he has them all i highlighted them all he's all about building he has he's all about purpose his purpose was to be the best basketball player he could be and maybe ever is what his focus was. And then his his focus, um, his purpose after his playing career was, again, to be a family man, be a great father, and to be a great business person. Um, control, as I said, he believed he had control over things. He controlled what he could control and didn't give in to determinism. Responsibility versus victimhood. He wanted the ball. He wanted the responsibility for his own life. Deliberate, proactive, and then Self-esteem is more a result of all of these other things. This guy had a real self-esteem, not just, you know, I'm famous, people like me, and therefore I guess I feel kind of good about myself. No, he had a, he had a very, all of these reasons, purpose, responsibility, uh, purpose and reason, responsibility, all of the things that self-esteem requires, and he had a real earned self-esteem. And you could just see it in his, his carriage. So another one, choice of focus. Um, I have here an abundance mindset versus a scarcity mindset. And certainly, this guy had an abundance mindset. It wasn't just, well, yeah, of course he does. He's rich. Well, no, not because of that. It's just because he, he. I mean, he doesn't even think about that. He's looking to to uh, build a bigger empire than he kind of built with his with his playing career and all the all the the wealth that came with all that and success that came with that. He wants to build more, not because. He feels that's scarcity and he needs to get more because he's scared, you know. No, just because it's all about the doing for him and, you know, he's life feels abundant for him. So he focuses on what he has versus focusing on what others have or what he doesn't have. And appreciation. He certainly appreciates everything versus taking things for granted. He didn't appreciate, he didn't uh, take anything for granted. He set out and had and made himself do what he had to do. And he certainly seems like a guy that's appreciating everything he's done, but everything he might do and everything he has in his life and his family as well. He seems to be a real guy who's, um, like I said, exudes this uh, mode of appreciation that I can feel it. And 
in uh, with that, I, I have a view of an attitude toward other people category. And on the objective optimist side, I've got benevolence and goodwill versus fear, envy, suspicion, hostility, contempt on the other side, guilt. He had a really benevolent way about him, right? Again, look, we can talk about all his past and some other incidents when he was younger, and we can't exclude those. But I'm just talking about a person who has, that I saw in the last year in interviews and just in general, from what we know from his playing career and putting a lot of things together. Um, and just from that, I can see there's just such a, uh, you know, when he's in the interview, he's really gracious to the host. Every interview I've seen, gracious to people. Um, I have uh, one Facebook friend of mine shared a story recently, only maybe a couple months ago, uh, about a car accident that one of their friends was in. And then somebody got out and checked to see if everybody was okay and was directing traffic. And the person was Kobe Bryant, right? So it was quite a fun story at the time. And then, of course, he stayed around and, and, and was directing traffic, making sure everybody was okay. And he stayed until the police came and gave his statement and, and just made sure everything was taken care of before he left. And a person could easily, like Kobe could say, I'm Kobe, I'm busy. I, you know, I check, see what's going on and keep moving on. Somebody else take care of this. But he didn't. So I'm a big... Um, you know, I'm all about uh, non-sacrificial charity, right? I don't believe in sacrificial charity, but for that, that's not a sacrifice to stop and, and get out and spend some time. That's just an expression of goodwill and benevolence, which I think uh, he had. Um, and, and if you want to know more about what I mean by that kind of benevolence or that kind of goodwill or that kind of kindness, you might uh, refer to the previous episode, episode six, which is called Be Kind, and uh, and explain what I mean by all of that and and you can judge for yourself whether you don't think he was a uh, proponent of that or a, a good role model of that. Uh, the final thing I'll just mention on this whole chart is the practical and emotional results, which which I can see are confidence versus resignation, despair, or uncertainty, optimization and flourishing versus failure or regression, and happiness versus depression or anger or guilt. He was a confident, happy guy who lived a flourishing life. I mean, again, it's just, you could just see it in everything he did. He was just seemed a guy who was really happy with what he was doing, comfortable in his own skin, gracious to people, and feeling like he really loved his life. I just got that sense from him when I was, and, and looking forward to what he was going to do, etc. And just with all that, he just seemed like he was a happy, confident guy. Not an arrogant guy, not someone who's basing it on something else. He just seemed, and he looked, and even you could see in his, he looked even looked healthy. He just looked comfortable and healthy and, and happy and, and everything. So this guy is an exponent of objective optimism as far as I know about him and as far as what I could see uh, judging from interviews and his uh, stories about him and etc. Now, one point about this, that um, about being an uh, you know an objective optimist, right? It, you don't have to be Kobe Bryant, right, to be to be an objective optimist. You don't. It's not something that's unattainable for regular people or something, right? I, I'm an example, I think, of objective optimism. I think that I'm living a flourishing life, and I try to hint about that as I go along through the show, right? You don't have to be on top of your profession or your field. Or, or, you know, it's not anything related in relation to anybody else. It's just you got to be on top of your own game. That's what it means to be an objective optimist. Control what you can control and do your best. There's no 
like mystical or intrinsic kind of person you have to be or some shape that it looks like. Like I don't look at what is an optimal life for Matthew. And then I, you know, and it, it looks like this one thing. And then I have to kind of find what that is and then try to be that. No, it can look like a bunch of things. I don't know what the future, what kind of opportunities are going to exist in the future. So, and, and I don't know what it can look like. And I've got my interests and, and things, and that's going to shift and vary as I go along and different, uh, Things will come up that are going to shape my path, but um, and I want to build a life that I think is exciting and enjoyable and challenging um, and purposeful and leads me to to happiness. So that's the same for everybody. You create that thing. So when I say that Kobe is an exponent of objective optimism, I, again, you don't have to be you know, famous and on top of the world and, you know, and be a a superhero or something. So the third point uh, has to do with death itself. And I want to look at the idea that while Kobe had a lot of future plans and, and potential that went unfulfilled and we can all regret that, Kobe himself can't regret that. He's not here to regret that that didn't happen. And I know, because, and, and, and especially imagine even uh, his daughter Gianna, right? She was going to be a WNBA player and it looked very much like she was going to be able to achieve that and she was all looking forward to that and now she doesn't get to do that. This is a tragedy, but I want to offer the idea that it's not so much a tragedy for them. They're not he, in, aware that they didn't get to do that. Now, let me go a little further. So I, I always say this myself. I've said this for years before, well before this event to my wife, the idea that I'm happy now and I wouldn't regret, I wouldn't regret that I didn't get to do the things that I wanted to do. I wouldn't be aware that I wouldn't, that I wouldn't get to do them. So like, I have a lot of things I'm looking forward to. Uh, you know, I'm really enjoying uh, building this show, creating, uh, sharing these ideas and, and I'm really looking forward to the kind of conversations I can have and some of the people I'm going to be able to meet and, dis- and discuss, uh, you know, powerful ideas with and, and, and enrich my life and the places my wife are going to get to go and the places we might live and the things we might do. I talk to her all the time about our future plans and, uh, and how exciting they are, right? I've said in another uh, post or something, or I've, I've said, it's going to be so awesome when we're 50, right? And I say, it's going to be awesome when we're 60, right? It, we, I just keep looking forward to so many things. And I'm also enjoying it right now as I take steps toward those things every day. I just enjoy my life every moment. So I'm happy at this moment, and I've been happy for a while. And if I were somehow tragically to be wiped out today, you know, then, I mean, I wouldn't regret it. And of course, my wife would be here to regret that I didn't get to see those things, but it just wouldn't, I lived happy until the last moment. I had a happy life. That's how I would look at it. I always say here that like life is happening now, right? There's only the present. And in 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 a way, only the present is. The future is a potential so it isn't, but it but it's a potential, and the past isn't. It was right. So it yeah, the past is a fact. So in that way, it is. But it it's it's not real. Only the present is happening, and it's happening now. So, um, I, I said before that uh, on another show that happiness is not a point to be reached, and then I haven't reached it yet, and then oh, when I get there, it's going to be so great. It's happiness is something you should be experiencing today and now, and if you are, then you. Even if tragedy occurred, you could 
well, you wouldn't say it, but others could say of you that you lived a happy life until the last moment. And I think we can just take a little comfort in that. And in that way, I don't fear death, right? Because I'm not going to experience death, my death. I, I fear other people's deaths, right? People that are important to me. But I don't fear my own death because I won't be there to experience it. I'm only experiencing life until now. And I could, something could happen right now and I wouldn't know any better. And it's, and it's unfortunately, it's left for other people to experience the, the loss of someone in their life that they love. And it's, again, it's not comforting to the people who have lost people in this, in this tragedy, but, but it is um, something to think about in your own life and to not regret so much about, you know, poor Kobe in that way. He didn't get to do this. Well, he didn't, he got to do everything. He was looking forward to it. And then that's that. And in that way, I feel like it's only other people like us who, who we, we now must experience our lives without seeing the inspiring things that he might have built or his daughter might have done. So it's in that way, it's our loss. And of course, for, for his family and people close to him, it's an even bigger loss. And the idea right there that it was a greater loss to his family is kind of relevant to point four. And point four has to do with the idea when the, when the news story first came out, people kept hearing Kobe, his daughter, and seven other people. And a lot of people had a problem with that seven other people part because uh, it was, it was an implication that they're not as important, as important as Kobe, etc. And I just want to sort through this uh, for a little bit. And I hope you know, just hear me out full context before you crucify me about about this. I don't want to be canceled before I've even started to build the show, right? But just really hear this out. Um, I think the issue has to do with objective value versus intrinsic value. Uh, intrinsic value is the idea that there that that things have value in and of themselves, out of context, apart from any valuer. Which objective is quite a contrast to that, which says that value presupposes a valuer that to be valuable it has to be valuable to someone for some reason and in that way in in the intrinsic way it is true that nobody's any more valuable than anybody else and that's why we all have equal rights and we all equally deserve to be free and pursue our lives the way we want because nobody the universe doesn't care doesn't value me over somebody else or kobe bryant over someone else because whatever but people do Right? I'm more valuable to my wife than other people are. She's more valuable to me. Kobe was more valuable to his family than other people are. And the same goes true for the families of the other victims. They were more valuable than Kobe. The news story to them wasn't Kobe Bryant got in an accident. The, the horrible news to them was, and relevant news was, this person that we love is is gone and and that's oh, it's quite a horror to think about that but that's what it is so I, i'll put it this way and this was again hear me out but i'm saying if kobe wasn't on the plane it wouldn't have been big news it would have, the news story would have been seven people crashed into a mountain in a helicopter and the news story would have been because of the freak and dramatic nature of the accident but not about the people but here, it was part that, but mostly the story was Kobe Bryant is dead. And why? Because he is a value to us. He's someone that we that has affected our lives in some way. I mean, some people might say, I don't really care, and that's fine if you, if you don't. But 
that's why it's a it's big news because he's someone who made an impact on our lives um and the other ones are people that we don't know as much now it doesn't mean like you know when I, when I think about the families, my stomach does get twisted in, in frustration at what they must be feeling. But yet, I, I'm not going to say that I feel the same thing. The, the same thing as when I consider what it was to Kobe, and, and and it wouldn't have been a news story as much to me. Look, I'll put it this way too to help myself out here for a minute. Um, this this turns out it's the second time I've mentioned it in two shows, but it just seems to be relevant again. My own father died in this past September. And that wasn't a news story, and nobody cares, right, outside of people who knew him. And there's nothing wrong with that. And I know that if somebody were to uh, meet me, and even if they didn't know me beforehand, and then somehow it came, like they learned that that was true, they would probably properly offer condolences and maybe feel something for a moment, but probably thinking about what it, oh, imagine if that was me and how he must feel, and they empathize and offer condolences. And that's fine, but they wouldn't really consider it after they after they left. And again, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, now, I'm not I'm not saying here um, that I'm not here trying to say so. People who are going out of their way trying to name the seven people that you're all wrong. No, that's fine to do that. My point is more that we shouldn't feel guilty for not naming them. And more, I, I think that in some of the ones, certainly not in all, but in some of them, there was some kind of um, shaming of other people who didn't name the people or or act like they were just as important to them or that it was it wasn't equal news to them. Right? Almost like there was an attitude of like, oh, it's so disgusting that. It's so disgusting that they didn't name the other people and they kind of, it's almost like a virtue signaling of sorts and they're trying to act like they're superior to these heartless others who didn't do that. And I, that view to me just made me a little bit like, come on, like you have to respect that it is, it is different. It's, they're not the same two people. So anyway, that's kind of where I, where I go in it. I don't know. Bottom line is it's okay to say that Kobe meant something to you personally, and that's why you felt it, and don't feel guilty about the other thing. But uh, I don't know if that's the best thing to, to close on, because now I don't know how, how that's going to sound, but I hope you see the point there. Um, let me, hopefully then, let me go and review uh, the main points one last time, just so we kind of get a sense of what the show was and is about. Number one was that the pessimistic metaphysics is not confirmed by this tragedy, but rather it's the objective optimist uh, metaphysics, which is proved. Catastrophe and calamity are an exception, not a rule. Number two, Kobe is an excellent concrete example and role model of objective optimism. Uh, in As far as I can tell. And you can review what I said about that. Number three, the idea of death. You live until you're not here anymore. You live your best life. You become happy today. You optimize as much as you can by every, with every day you have. And if you do so, well, you'll certainly have nothing to regret, as I said. But even those who love you, who remain, will have less to regret if they know that you lived happily until the end. And I hope that that's what I can offer to uh, my wife or anybody else who loves me, that I'm happy now and I'm doing it right till the very end. I hope you guys do too. Number four is, again, don't get behind this shaming of others for not valuing people they don't know versus someone that they do know and who's touched their lives. People feel a real loss in this and it's not wrong to feel a loss 
and you don't feel guilty that you don't feel a loss with the other uh, victims. So there's there it is. If you have questions or comments uh, about today's show or any show, please uh, send them to matthew.asknow at gmail.com, matthew.asknow at gmail.com, and I'll always look forward to those. I'll also look forward to guest recommendations. If you have anybody you think uh, I might like to talk to and that you you think that you would like to hear me talk to and, and get something out of them, um, obviously you can go to matthewbolton.blog, which uh, which to kind of get all information, keep up to date on everything, including the podcast and the blog and, and whatever else is happening. Please subscribe on whatever media you consume on, like it, and do leave comments and reviews. That's always helpful and appreciated on the YouTube chat board or whatever chat board you have. Uh, thank you for that. And then please share. Um, if you have anyone you think would enjoy or otherwise find value in this show, uh, in this show or any other show or the show in general, um, let them know. The more people we can connect with, the richer this conversation will be. So that's it then. Let me leave you with this idea. Um, one thing this event does, it really makes all of us focus on appreciating our own lives and the beauty and wonder of the things in our lives and of the people that we love. A lot of people kept reporting that. They would say, they, they said after this happened, they just called up people they loved and told them that they loved them because it made them think and appreciate that Things are good. We are here and there's lots to enjoy. This event reminds us that we have one shot at this thing, right? So let's not waste any time. And remember, you don't have to be Kobe or any kind of superhero to live your own optimal life. You just have to be on top of your own game. Until next time then, I'm Matthew Bolton. All the best to you and yours. Mr. Brightside, your time out to refresh refuel and refocus your mind and energy toward building an optimistic framework for flourishing life is good it's up to you to choose the bright side <laughs>